Welcome to Cooler Heads with your host, Jed Hayford of Mission Peace. This is a show about finding the voice of reason in contentious times, trying to have more reasonable conversation with less venom and division. Now, here's Jed Hayford. Yes, greetings and warm salutations to you, my friends. Welcome to Cooler Heads. So glad you've joined us. I am here with the world-class producer DJ. He is in, he's what we call in the house. That's some more of my tutorials on the coolest and latest slang. You say in the house, and that refers to the fact that he's actually here. He's not in his actual house anymore. He's here in the beautiful KPPF studios in picturesque Colorado Springs. So glad you have joined us. Uh, we have a wonderful guest on today, and we are going to talk about substance abuse and addiction. And I realize those are two separate things. And I realize that, well, it's time for the reasonable take. When it comes to substance abuse and drug addiction, I've been around, I've been around some addiction and I've been around the uh, the damage that it causes. And one thing that occurs to me right off the bat, because we talk about it on this show, is the idea of lumping. If I say drugs, that is a pretty broad category. I've found it useful in, in this world to be more precise and to be more specific. So if someone says, my son is on drugs, I want to find out specifically which drugs, because there might be a difference in the level of danger and the interventions that are available. So uh, let's one, let's do that right off the bat. Let's not lump all drugs together. That said, I'm going to talk about substance abuse as a as a broad and general thing. Many of our folks who chime in on the pulse this week, you will hear, attribute it to trauma. There's pain, there's hurt in our lives, and we want to escape from that pain or hurt, or we want to cover up that pain or hurt. And I absolutely believe that's the case. I also believe the people who really successfully the ones that I've seen who really successfully overcome addiction, drugs and alcohol, they take on a new identity. They don't just stop doing the drug. They don't just quit the bad behavior or walk away from or run away from the old behavior, the old lifestyle. They become something new. There becomes a new identity and they really run toward that new identity and they put their time and their energy and efforts into that new identity. You're going to hear a great story about that with our guest this week, Mr. Rob Decker. But I don't think it's enough to just quit or stop something. We're beyond just at this point when someone's addicted, it's not just, oh, they have this bad habit. There needs to be a healing of that trauma that so many people allude to. And I also believe this is not a but, but an and. It's not an or, but an and. I also believe there needs to be a new thing that we become, a new person, a new identity. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is my attempt at the reasonable take. What if you could have more happiness and less fighting in your marriage? More and better intimacy and an overall better connection and frankly, a better life. That's what my friend Evan Money is offering you with his program, Marriage of Greatness. He's been a favorite guest on this show. He is hilarious, high energy, and excellent at what he does. I will guarantee you'll get a lot out of this course if you check it out. We're putting a special deal just for my listeners in the link for this show. I'll also put it all over the Jed Hafer Facebook page. Please check out the link and explore Evan Money's process for a marriage of greatness. You'll be so glad you did. If you listen to the Pulse each week, you can tell that I have such intelligent listeners and friends chiming in. And it brought up this idea of public policy when it comes to substance abuse 
hot drugs and, and the regulation thereof. I do have some thoughts on this as well. My friends, it's been a lot of years since we started the quote, war on drugs. And uh, one of my clever sons, I think, sent me a meme that said, I'd like to congratulate drugs for winning the war on drugs. And this is one of those times when I think we get roped into a an all or nothing or a false choice. Should we just legalize everything or should we just uh, really, really crack down and enforce the heck out of everything that we've got going now? And people will sort of present as it has to be one of those two things, treatment or incarceration, which one? Obviously, there are people that are so dangerous that we need to limit their access to everybody else. Uh, there are people that because of the because of the drugs or because of often the money associated with different substances that they're selling, they will do horrible, horrible things to innocent people. And we have to protect as a society, we have to protect the rest of society. We have to protect those innocent people. On the other hand, just locking people up for drugs and drug offenses for many, many years has a pretty long track record of not working so well. So I would echo several of my friends who chimed in with the idea that we need to do more than just lock people up, that we need to provide treatment on a lot of levels, not just on the most severe levels, but we need to provide treatment uh, when people get into really any, any type of addiction. Just locking them away is not the answer. Uh, it solves part of a problem. And I always get sad when we try to come up with a very simple answer to a complex problem. And this is a complex problem. So many factors. But the one thing I'd ask for my friends who are kind of on one side of this, that lock them upside. Let's have some compassion. Uh, when you hear my guest and his story, I, I think how in the world could he not have ended up on serious, serious uh, drugs and, uh, and, and addicted to alcohol? On the other hand, to my friends who want to lean so far away from any enforcement that I worry it would cause us to be not very safe as a society. We have to have some reasonable enforcement and safety and law and order. That, that's my opinion on that. I know that's why you tune in because you want to know, what does this guy think? Well, that's what I think. We'll see what my guest thinks. And I'm also so grateful for you for chiming in. Even, if, even the people with differing views, it is so wonderful to hear from you. And that's why we do this, so that we can listen to one another and engage respectfully. Right now, buying a home is super competitive. One of the advantages you can have is to get pre-qualified or pre-approved. And if you don't know the difference between those two things and you want to find out, you've got to talk to my friend, Scott Seaman. He is the master of all mortgages. If you need a refinance, I know those rates are starting to creep back up. This is the time to get a hold of Scott. How do you do that? Applywithscott.com. That's his website. Applywithscott.com. You can also call 719-352-7077. This is my friend since third grade. Get a hold of this guy and he will help you. Applywithscott.com. I've been working these relationships for a long time, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, my friends, Vanessa and Andre at Aspen Roofing Company, they do all types of roofs. Uh, if you need tiles, shingles, metal, I think they'll even put a roof made of candy uh, on there. That's a rumor I'm spreading. But if you need to reach them, they're 719-684-0760. They are licensed in Teller, Park, and El Paso counties, licensed and insured. They will do a great job for you. Please contact my friends at Aspen Roofing. Tell them that Jed Hafer sent you. 
I always cherish getting your thoughts on our topic. And this week I asked basically your, your general thoughts on substance abuse and addiction. Jennifer says trauma is the gateway to drug addiction and substance abuse. Always. That and unresolved grief, which is also trauma. Tracy says, I have learned that most, not all addictions, are rooted in childhood experiences. Somewhere along the way, a child did not have their needs met or experienced trauma of some sort. Sarah says, I'd say the industrial medical complex is a pretty heavy player. Heather says, in my limited experience with a family member, the lack of positive affirmation and acceptance of his identity, fear of being found out, and a loss of love led to their addictions. Therapy and learning to love self, having acceptance and creative outlets has also helped them move out of addiction. Next one, unresolved pain leads to it. Unresolved pain fuels it as it causes more pain. Willingness to unearth what in the dark and put light on it heals the pain that is the root keeping light on it is necessary one more the quote war on drugs is one of the most demonstrably unsuccessful policy campaigns in recent american history we spend absurd amounts of money without helping anyone besides criminal cartels who pocket the profits buy off the cops and become warlords we have strong data saying our drug use doesn't increase when you decriminalize it and the final thought there very few people end up turning their lives around after we spend taxpayer money to lock them up for a while without providing any real treatment they need care they don't need brutality and that ladies and gentlemen is your great thoughts in the pulse there's cool music right there when i want to know anything about real estate i turn to my friend jason roshek from coldwell bankers first choice realty he's been around here forever he knows the markets uh and i just like to bring him on the show because he's also my friend jason welcome to the show hey thanks jed how are, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, but I have a question for you. People are wondering this. Is the market changing? Is the real estate market, what's going on? It feels like something's changing. Yeah, we started noticing this um, probably about maybe May 1st, but we're really seeing it the last week. Depending on price, we're starting to see some price changes. So either um, buyers are getting a little bit tired of getting beat up or sellers might be getting a little too excited. <laughs> that can happen when you're selling. And that's why you want a good agent that's going to evaluate the market all the time. So do people have unrealistic expectations? So I don't know if it's unrealistic expectations. I think it's um, a little bit where, hey, my neighbor just sold for this, so I should be better. So maybe... But again, it depends on each house. It depends on all the, the little different things in each house too, because a home that has granite could be way different than if it's just regular old countertops. I see. It's not just, hey, that guy's kids are messier than mine. You plug in all those factors, you and your team, you plug in all those factors and get it to a really accurate place. Yeah. Yep. Yes, we do. Someone who knows what's going on all the time in the market and will tell you honestly and, and help you uh, price or, or know what the price you're looking at is, is really and realistic. Yes, absolutely. So for that, they need you, which means they need to go to jasonroshek.com. That's Roshek with a K, jasonroshek.com, or they can call or text you at 719-237-0394. 719-237-0394. That's to get a hold of my friend Jason, and he will take great care of you and all your real estate needs, he and his team. Yes, we will. Jason, thanks again. Have a great week, my friend. All right. Thank you, guys. 
Very excited to have my guest this week, Mr. Rob Decker, Kingdom Fit. He is fit. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest, he's the second most muscular person we've had on the show. I won't tell him that the most muscular was actually a uh, grandmother with MS, but you know, he's still in way better shape than me. Uh, Rob has an amazing story. I know people have called him the bionic man yeah. and Wolverine. I'll let him tell you about that, but I know he's going to inspire you and we're going to learn from him. Please welcome to the show, Rob Decker. Yeah, exactly. Hey, hey. What's up, Rob? Thanks for joining us, man. Uh, can, can you start just by telling people uh, your, your story? Because your story is amazing. All right, we're going to jump in deep really quick, okay? So, ultimately, I, I grew up in a very abusive home. Both my parents were uh, drug addicts and alcoholics. My dad wasn't my biological fa- father, and I found that out at uh, five years old. And so, for me, separation, being outcasted, started very early in my life. I, I realized that my sister wasn't my full blooded sister. My dad wasn't my full-blooded dad. I was wondering why I always got treated a little bit different. So you um, felt rejection from the very beginning. Yeah, rejection right out and, the gate. And trauma. I'll, I'll say a lot of our, our folks in the polls this week who weighed in on the topic said trauma is a huge factor in substance abuse and, and addiction. Yeah, and I think just us understanding that's a good place to, to begin. But, you know, what I witnessed was a lot of physical and emotional abuse in my house. I walked in on my parents using and um, cutting up drugs. And, you know, so that was something I was very acclimated to. I know that by the time I was, I don't know, five, I had my first beer. Um, wow. Yeah, I think around seven or eight, nine, um, I was molested by a young boy on the street, and his dad and my dad were friends, and so there was no way that uh, I could take that to my dad. And my dad was kind of like, you know, this just alpha marine, yeah, just you don't cry, you deal with it, boy, type type of guy. And um, you know, I watched my parents' relationship disintegrate. I I had a, a real hard time connecting with my dad because he was so military-minded. And, and by the time I was 14 years old, I started drinking myself. And, and what I loved about drinking is that I didn't have to deal with my problems. But then that alcohol opened up the door into um, other drugs, you know, acid, mushrooms, marijuana, cocaine. Um, so you escape and then your life is so bad that you want to do nothing but escape. Yeah. You know, the moment I, I could drown my miseries in, in drugs and alcohol, I totally did. Um, I eventually met my biological father at 16 years old when my my dad and mom had broken up and they were doing their own thing. And the first thing I walked in on with him was he was smoking a glass pipe. And so the drug and alcohol culture was really huge in my life. Wow. You Um, didn't know anything else. Everything was all around you. Yeah, it was it was normal. It was really normal. I mean, we hung out with um, a very uh, interesting bunch of people. My mom brought a certain tribe to the house. My sister had hers. I had mine. And, and there was drugs and alcohol and violence attached to almost everyone that we brought back to the house. You know, and as time went on, I'd get in and out of relationships and they were highly dysfunctional. I didn't know how to love and trust. I was very insecure. Did you know how tragic your childhood was at the time? Or did you just think, oh, this is just the way life is? No, I mean, you just, that's what you know. Wow. Right? And, and that's what I knew. And, and I carried that on through my 20s. And at 29 years old, uh, 28 years old, 29, I met a a young woman and um, we got into a relationship and it was very unhealthy so we broke up and in the midst of us breaking up you know I went and got saved well she went and became an escort and when I found out about that I made my way back into her life um, I tried to put my cape on my Jesus cape and uh, you know I don't advise anyone to do that when you're freshly out there <laughs> no you were right. trying to be a superhero yeah, and it was, didn't work out yeah I was and so 
I got involved with her and what happened was that she went on a trip and during that trip she had got raped and um, beaten and misused and mishandled and um, she told me that when I get back let's just work things out and so I said okay and she did she came back picked me up from my buddy's house we went over to her house after stopping off at the liquor store to get a bottle and we got into a conversation that conversation was supposed to lead into intimacy but I couldn't because I had known our previous history um, what had happened to her in Hawaii and so we get into an argument I go downstairs to rest and um, I wake up to a banging at the door she comes down I ask who it is and and uh, or why they were there I knew who it was why they were there and she said I called them and said that you raped me and that you tried to kill me oh no yeah and uh, in that moment I just felt confused scared betrayed whatever it was um, a lot of stuff you know when I was young I was told I was gonna be dead or in prison by the time I was 30 and here I am one week after my 29th birthday and you're thinking I'm going to prison yeah going to prison and um, so I chose to take my life instead so I ran head first out of a closed third story loft window and uh, on my way down I clipped an awning and changed my fall and I ended up breaking my back severing my L2 collapsing my lung my left lung shattering my left arm and breaking my wrist but you lived I lived and I never blacked out and then I went to the hospital and it was a 10-hour surgery <laughs> wow did you, did you say you said two million dollars worth of surgeries worth of when surgeries. it was all said and done it was two million dollars of like surgeries uh, medications physical therapy Therapy, whatever is included in the hospital and everything that came with. So I'm trying to picture this three stories. Mm-hmm. That's probably 60 Ooh, feet up. Maybe. I don't know. I've never really and out the window and head first. So, yeah. And so you're somehow like, you lived. Yeah. Well, I lived. Well, there I was a plan and a purpose. I think you were supposed to live. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There was a plan and purpose for it all, but tough place to be. You know, here I lay in a bed broken and shattered and the police come into the hospital and arrest me for rape and attempted murder. Wow. Yeah. And throw a million dollar bail on me on top of it. Yeah. And shackle me to the bed because obviously I was a flight risk. I would, I would imagine so. Right, I was a flight risk because um, I, I, I guess I could get away with a broken back and broken arms and yeah. So you're handcuffed with a broken back. <laughs> I am facing major, major felony charges. Yes. And now we flash forward because I look at you today. Yes. And I, this is one of those times I wish we were a videotape in the podcast. Uh, you have this together fit dude who, uh, <laughs> who works with kids, who helps people. Yeah. How in the world did you go from there to, to today where? where you're an inspiration to a lot of people. Well, I understood that there was a purpose for my life. And in that purpose, I had to get right with God and start walking with him. And, and the reality was in order for me to walk right, like I almost had to break my back in order to be taken out of that element so that I could work on the deeper issues in my heart. Mm. And even then, like I struggled with alcohol for the first four years after breaking my back. But again, I had a bad experience or an experience that changed that. And, um, and then I was drug and alcohol free after that. But it was all process, man. And for me, you know, it's like, well, how do I get to the root of everything that I was dealing with, the drug and alcohol addiction, the the, the trauma, you know, being able to forgive my parents and, and get healing because all I wanted was healing. And I wanted a life for myself. I wanted a family. I wanted a business. I wanted to do well in this life since I was going to be here for a while. <laughs> At least so I, you know, I, I hope. Yeah, as long as I'm life. here, I might as well do this well. Yeah, let's, let's do it the right way. And um, so, yeah. 
yeah, so I've spent the last almost 15 years really digging into myself, trying to figure out what it was, and now I want to give that back to others. Wow. Now, I, I, this this is too big of a thing for us to, to brush over quickly. How long have you been sober? Uh, in January, will be nine years. Nine so years. So, January 8th, yeah. And now, I'm just going to guess this again, because you're a fitness guy, mm-hmm. you don't even put like Captain Crunch and stuff into your body. Oh, right? that's where you're misled. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> well, this it, guy likes likes cookies. Well, here's people the thing. see me and they go, "That guy likes some, some Captain Crunch, right?" They well, see you and they're like, "I bet he doesn't." Well, have they, that stuff. you you like just Captain Crunch and lots of it, right? right. Well, <laughs> where, we should mix it up once. Well, in a while. for me, for me, it's like you know, I haven't given up the things that I enjoy. I just you know, for the most part, I I eat a certain way and, and live a particular lifestyle, but doesn't mean I don't you know enjoy the other stuff because I obviously work work hard and uh, yeah. and work it off though. Uh, yes, and you yeah. have a pretty disciplined. You have to have a pretty disciplined lifestyle because of of the role that you now have. Yeah, I have a huge responsibility. I think that when you realize that you have this role to give back and like mentor and be somewhat of a role model, like you have to live a particular way. Like you know, I have a wonderful wife. You you have to you have to be faithful. You know, do well in that. And and I'm a father, and so I got to raise my kids fitness it's like i got to train you know i got to eat a certain way so this responsibility that i've taken to help other people also makes me stay on that narrow path i was going to say the r word responsibility i believe in that very much and as i said earlier the people who i know especially look up to who have overcome addiction they seem to have a new identity they didn't just stop doing that old thing and i hear you saying husband father uh, role model, you mentor youth. There's all of these things that you have different identity than that kid who grew up with all that trauma and in all that mess. You know, my, my identity was found in what people said about me and what I believed about that, right? And and I think that at some point I had to come to a place, well, you know, they said what they said and it wasn't the truth. And I believed what I believed and that wasn't the truth. I basically made an agreement with a lie mm. and, I, and I accepted that. And I'm like, okay, well, let's turn this around then. And I think as individuals, we all do it. I, I don't think anyone has like a perfect family, right? So we've all been fed lies about ourselves and then we believe those lies and then those lies lead to certain behaviors, which then eventually for me led to an addiction or self-medicating because of the lies that I believed about myself, which was the absence of hope and value in my life. Mm. And so um, I had to turn that all around and, and now it's like, well, how do I show other people that they've believed in some things that just aren't true about themselves that absence of hope that is exactly it gets us right into what i wanted to ask you next how do we help people who are struggling with these issues and when i say we i don't mean the government or what i mean is we human beings who care about one another and want to see and want to see real hope and want to see real change for people how do we help those folks who are who are struggling right now well i think you refrain from judgment right out the gate i mean the, the moment you judge someone you can't really help them even like you look at a homeless person and then you know oh well they probably put themselves there it's like well you don't know what they went through and in order to really transform and help people you have to remove that layer of judgment so that you can open up with just love that's right? such a good point I, anytime i've felt judged by someone my next thought was never oh i bet that person could really help me i bet i could learn a lot from 
or, or you know get a lot of, of, of good things from that person. Right. What a great point. So we approach it with a non-judgmental eye and a true an eye of love that says I'm for you. I'm not I'm not here to judge you. 100%. You know, I'm and having that open heart and to understand that like when I understood all the junk about myself, other people go through, you know, even worse junk than I went through. And I have to keep that in mind like a lot of times with the face of depression, you know, you don't see anything behind that smile, but that smile, you don't know what people have been through. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know what they've carried from their childhood into adulthood. I mean, even being molested as a young man, which I know it's very common amongst amongst men, you know, that brings issues into a marriage. If you get married at some point, there's going to be intimacy issues and you have to be able to address those things. And again, you know, a lot of times men feel shame for having to bring those types of issues up, but they need to be brought up. Well, there's a boldness that you have. I remember the first time I even talked to you, there's just a boldness that you have. And maybe it's because you've already been through things that everyone would be scared to, to go through. Uh, you seem to be really willing to have those kind of open and honest and, and tougher conversations. Well, you know, I trust God and his plan. And sometimes it looks scary, you know, even going and, and speaking on stage and sharing, like, I, I don't do it out of my own glory. I do it to be obedient and, and to do what I was called to do. Right. And sometimes that looks scary. A lot of times not having the answer is very scary. But in order for me to truly help people, I have to be willing to unpack all my other my garbage. Right. And uh, have those um, uncomfortable conversations and thoughts. Right. Uh, incredible. Well, I know you have a kingdom fit. I want to make sure we let people know how they can follow you, where they can find you, how they can be inspired by you and what you've got going on. Let's take this opportunity, as we often do on Cooler Heads, to shamelessly plug everything, everything <laughs> Rob Decker in the universe so that my people can find you. Yeah, so Rob Decker Speaks is my website. Um, I'm a health and fitness coach. I'm also a recovery addictions coach and a youth mentor, uh, speaker, author. And, 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 you know, if you want me to come speak at your church or you need to have a conversation, a lot of times it's hard to share certain information with people that are close to you because you're afraid of being judged. Well, you don't know me, so reach out to me and we can talk about those <laughs> things. You go onto my website and you can fill something out and I'll get the email and then we'll connect from there. And then here's that other shameless plug, right? So right now I'm a finalist for Muscle and Fitness's uh, Mr. Health and Fitness and we're sitting pretty at number one, right? Mr. Health and Fitness. Right. Go figure. The guy that broke his back was told he was never going to walk again, let alone play sports or lift weights, right? Um, now he lifts a lot of weights. I've seen it. I've right. actually seen it with my own eyes. <laughs> but now I have an opportunity to share an amazing story on their platform so people that have struggled with you know back problems, well, I've had one of the ultimate back problems and came back from it. People that have struggled with addiction, well, I had a great addictions. I mean, even after breaking my back, now I'm given pain medication, which lead to more like more medicating, more self-medicating. And so, and just the spiritual walk and, you know, whatever it is that people need from me, just go on the website and reach out to me and make sure that you go vote for me. Uh, today will be the end of the first round of voting, but I'm sure there's going to be another round. Well, and people may be hearing this down the road. So do they have somewhere they can follow to, to get updates on the, uh, on the contest? Well, yeah. So the contest is actually attached to my website, but okay, you know, so if on you your website, there's there's contest info, and that is robdeckerspeaks.com. Yeah, and you know my Facebook handle is Rob Decker. Decker underscore Rob is my Instagram, and I'm pretty easy to find. I'm sure if you Google me, it's like me and this photo Rob Decker. Like we should probably collaborate at some point, but um, <laughs> we'll put all those links on, yeah. on my uh, my <laughs> sites and on the on uh, the the show uh, the show notes as well. Rob, final thoughts from you. If if, if I'm listening and I'm 
teetering on the edge of reach out to you because I'm really struggling with this stuff and I want to learn more or not? I mean, what would you say to that person who's who's maybe about to, to click to contact you? I don't think you should allow fear to hold you back from, from making that um, connection. You know, a lot of times we are afraid of being judged and we are shameful for the things that have happened to us and or the choices that we've made over this time. And just know that I've probably made all the same choices. And so don't be afraid to reach out. I mean, you need a listening ear. You need someone who's been through it as well. And that can completely understand and engage in whatever you're going through. And I don't want you to do this alone. I would hate for something bad to happen. Wow, man. Thank you so much. This is exactly what I want for my friends, my listeners. If they are struggling or they know someone who is struggling, uh, please reach out to this guy. He's a real dude and he will help you. And he will also connect you with resources. He won't, he won't just put on the Superman cape and say, I'm going to fix you. He'll connect you with a, a lot of really, really good people. Rob Decker, thank you so much for coming on Cooler Heads. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure hanging out with you, man. Oh, you're the best. We'll have you back. We'll have you back. All right, brother. I look forward to that. <laughs> we'll be right back on KPPF. I want to do a few things. First, I want to thank my awesome guest, Rob Decker, who set off all the metal detectors here in our building with all the uh, hardware that is in his uh, in his spine and in his body when they were paired Gentlemen, we can rebuild him. We have the technology. No, really, I want to thank him for sharing so candidly his very tough but very inspiring story. I hope and pray that that will inspire you, the listeners, and that there are people out there that uh, can even be helped by this. I want to thank you for tuning in and listening and for caring about these topics. I want to thank all those people listening who have the humility to admit they have a problem and saying, I need to work on this. I need to change this. I think that is the beginning. The beginning of change is that humility to say, I'm not where I should be. I'm not right. And I need some help and I need to change. You'll want to tune in next week. We're going to talk about lockdowns. Yeah, we're going to try to make some sense of all this COVID, post-COVID lockdown stuff. It's going to be interesting. Most of all, I want to remind you that reasonable people can disagree and people who disagree can respectfully engage. That's right. Cooler heads will prevail and love will win. This has been Cooler Heads with Jed Hafer of Mission Peace. Presented by Scott Seaman of applywithscott.com and by Jason Rochek from Coldwell Banker, First Choice Realty, and by Aspen Roofing Company, Inc. Tune in every Saturday at 3 p.m. for Cooler Heads and listen to the podcast on Podbean.